Hey guys. Hi. Hey. I'm going to ask a radical question today. It's radical. Are trad wives happier than I am? Are they? Are they happier than me and my friends and a lot of women who have been striving, a lot of feminists who have been striving for a long time for an ideal that seems more and more elusive every single day? See, here's the thing. A lot of my friends aren't happy. They're not. I mean, happiness is also so hard to define, right? It's a strange, it's a strange concept. But a lot of my friends are overworked, overstressed, burnt out. Me too. Hey, like raising my hand over here. Raising my freaking hand. Life is hard. And so just bear with me for a second. If many of the women that I know who are badass boss babes or just moms who work and try to juggle momming and working and also feel like they're failing at both of those things. Again, me raising my hand. I am momming. I'm working outside the home. I feel like I'm a failure at both of those things all of the time. I, I don't know how to juggle it all. My career, trying to stay relevant in a weird world, being fulfilled, being a good mother, being good at work, being a, a wife. Oh, God, I'm a, I am a crap, crappy wife, a really bad wife. It's just a lot of women I know, me included, are unhappy and anxious. Now, I don't want to be a trad wife. I don't believe in being submissive to anyone, much less my husband. And yet I'm wondering about happiness. I'm wondering if there is something inherently happy-making about having a set of rules to follow instead of just this vague notion of success in all of the things that is never, never actually achievable. And yes, there is a small part of me that would love to be taken care of financially, though not necessarily by my husband, but by winning the lottery or by a social safety net or a benevolent universe. I've also been digging into what kinds of things make us happy. And there have been a lot of studies about this. There have been years-long studies about this done at very fancy places like Harvard. And the number one thing, the number one thing that has been found to make people happy is relationships, healthy and stable relationships. Now, I do not think that being submissive to your husband makes for a healthy and stable relationship. But maybe, just maybe, not constantly bickering over who is doing more or who is doing what, maybe that is healthier and more stable. I don't know the answer. So after we did our episodes on Trad Wives, we got a lot of feedback. This is a world of Instagram that a lot of you didn't know about. And even though I sent many of you on a rabbit hole to some weird ass places, I'm glad that we got to talk about it. But some of the feedback came from women who do consider themselves trad wives. Or more accurately, they consider themselves trad wife adjacent. They stay at home. They very much consider themselves traditional mothers. They also tend to uphold many conservative values and gender roles in their lives. And some of these women felt like they weren't getting a fair shake when I was talking about trad wives. Even though I will say the trad wives we are talking about are highly specific. These are women who are putting themselves in a box with all of their rules. That said, I never want anyone to feel like they're not getting a fair shake. 
I want everyone to have all the shakes. I want to shake it out. I don't know what that means. I just, sometimes I say things. They don't even make sense to me. What I do know is being a woman in the world is hard. And being a mother in the world is hard. And it's a lot easier if we choose to listen to one another. So I'm here to listen. I invited some of these women to come on the show today so we could talk it out. What am I missing? What am I getting wrong? There's a spectrum here. There's a spectrum of different types of relationships and different types of motherhood. And these women wanted to talk to me about their lives. Some of them even told me that they think their choice, their choice to stay at home and to be the primary caregiver of their children, is much more radical than a lot of feminist choices because they are actually opting out of the current system that is, to be honest, incredibly broken. Maybe we'll finally answer that question that I asked at the beginning of this episode. Are more traditional wives and mothers happier than, say, mothers who work outside of the home and are juggling responsibilities with their husbands? Is anyone actually happy these days? There's no right answers here. First up, I am talking to Bianca Saeed. Bianca is a stay-at-home mom of two kids. She considers herself a traditional mother, though not necessarily a trad wife. The vast majority of feminists would probably call me a trad wife. So there's that. Oh, really? Okay. Why, why do you think the vast majority of feminists would call you a trad wife? Well, I choose to stay home and stay out of the workplace mm -hmm. um, because I don't think it's my responsibility to uh, provide anything for myself. I actually think that's fully on the male because mm -hmm. he, uh, you know, he helped me create life and my body and brain took on the entire burden of that. And even after the baby is born, nurses, because the baby just prefers mom all the time. It's a completely unfair disadvantage that men have. Um, not that it's a disadvantage to us to be mothers, but it's a um, it's very it's a unique position that we're in um, that makes many things uh, more difficult for us. So I don't think that I should have to contribute any income uh, to the situation. But um, let's see. I cook. Uh, I don't really clean. Um, let's see. I follow an ancient text called the Quran. Uh, mm -hmm. Hmm. I'm monogamous. That's pretty trad of me, isn't it? I mean, I'm monogamous. The thing is, like, I, here's the thing. I, I'm a feminist. I'm monogamous. I love being married. Super mm. happy with being married to my husband. I have three kids, which is more kids than you know, mm. the average. I think the average is something like 1.76 children. Uh, I'm well above it then. And I like my kids. I like motherhood. I do a lot of things with my kids. I'm with them a lot. I also have help. I have a full-time caregiver so that I can do work and also be with my kids individually. They, I really like them a lot more one-on-one -on -one than yeah. three-on-one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's terrible to say that. But the thing that I keep going back to, and maybe this is my own shit, is that if my husband were to die tomorrow or leave me, for I'm not even I'm not even gonna say the trope of leave me for another woman I could leave me for an elephant, but just disappear. I want to make sure that I could support myself, and so that's why I worry when we talk about complete financial independence yeah. on men, and that's why I want us to have these conversations. That's why I want everyone to have these conversations because I don't even think that it should just be women who are financially independent. I think 
we should all be able to support ourselves. And and that might not mean that you that someone is working right now, but that they have a fuck it fund in case things go south or that they have a degree or a certification. I'm not for everyone having to go to college. I think that college is changing a lot, but a certification in a skill to fall back on in case things go wrong in a partnership. Yeah. They do. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just I want I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So uh, this is probably one of my radical takes is that um, I I just keep the faith and know that like if shit were to hit the fan that I would figure it out like that's my most basic answer and that's truly what I believe I do have a degree um, I was working towards a master's degree when I got pregnant and decided I um, was gonna focus on my my health and my pregnancy besides going to school. Um, and I, I would be able to probably get a job. But you know what really gets me there, though, is that it, it puts the burden on mothers to then find somebody else to raise their kids if that mother wanted to raise her own kids. Um, this is one of the systems I think is fucked up, is that um, I do not think that mothers, especially with young children, should be made to um, provide the income to their home for basic necessities. I think that's wrong. I think that mothers are doing a service to the community entirely just by doing a good job at raising humans. Um, and so, of course, this, like I said, it's radical. Um, society would have to actually support us. And I don't know if that'll happen or not. Um, it in doesn't America? Right. In America? Yeah. No, no, that, that's not going to happen here. Well, this is why having these conversations is so much better then I think so many people are shouting at each other on social media. Yeah. I agree. I think that mothers are doing a tremendous amount of work. It is labor. We should be paid for what we do. And there should be a system in place that supports women while their children need them until they are school age, right? But we live in America, and the metro, even, even countries that have more support systems don't support mothers the way they should. And so because of that, the system forces us to have to be financially independent if there is not another person making money in the picture. And that's why I think it is so broken. And I, I think that's, that's where we all do start to feel topsy-turvy because motherhood is work. Mothers should be paid. Mothers should be supported for that work. And if it's not the husband paying to, you know, paying to support everyone, and it's not the government, then who is it? Because yes, a mother should be able to choose to just take care of a child. And not, no, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. A mother should be able to choose to take care of her child. I don't want to say just because it is not a just. A mother should be able to choose to take care of her child and be supported without having to have that support come from a partner who may be there and may not be there. And I also believe in the institution of marriage. Like I said, I love my husband. I love my marriage. I'm actually very happy that we got married much later in life because I, I do feel like we knew ourselves a little bit better. We knew what we were getting into. Yeah. But at the same time, marriages fail at a very high rate or at least 50% of the time. So, yes, I think we, I think we agree. The system it's the system that is broken. And yeah. I think it's this system that kind of 
unwittingly pits women against each other to say, you're a traditional wife, or you're a traditional mother, or you're a working mother. We're all mothers just trying to make it work. When we are being socialized, and we know that we're coming out of a few generations of mothers that were encouraged to stop mothering and to go get a job and start contributing to the household income. Our country does not prioritize family. Our country prioritizes making as much money as possible as fast as possible. So that that makes this like all of the citizens in the country, what's their focus from uh, the age that they can go to school all the way up is like get the best paying job, get it as fast as you can, get as many certifications as you can, um, network, right? All this stuff about getting the highest paying job and Nowhere in there is like what you take home ec for like one, like, like one class or something. And it doesn't, what does that cover about like parenting? Um, We certainly did not get much wisdom from our mothers and our grandmothers. So, so what do we do? We, we enter motherhood as millennial. Are you a millennial? You're a millennial. I'm an old, old millennial. I can, I can just call myself a millennial because I was born in 1980. Yes, you're you're an elder millennial. I'm an elderly millennial. You're not elderly, elder. Okay, elder, elder. Oh, that makes me sound so smart. Yeah, better. But yeah, so the the millennial generation, right? We we decide that we want to have kids. We do it later than our mothers did it, and we have we wait longer between kids. But we have our first child, and we realize what the like. I, I thought I was going back to work after like a month or two, like or sometimes even sooner. It's like. Okay, so I can feel like I'm failing at this just so that I can go, you know, make more money, but I really want to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So then they figure out a way to make it work where they can stay home. They still feel the pressure to bring income because their husband was socialized in the same uh, cohort as them, thinking, yeah, you should be contributing financially, you know? Um, and so since motherhood, parenthood is different for, for males and females. So, so for the mother, energetically, man, psychologically physically takes so much more than the male so it's not 50 50 50 50 never made sense it's like i am going to this is like a culture change right where it's like i'm going to focus my efforts on taking care of our kids we're going to adjust our lifestyle to whatever income he's making hopefully you know for for the majority middle class can can try to do this and um i'm only going to focus on raising my kids i am not going to take on also all the cooking, all the coordinating, all the cleaning, all the everything else. And and that's one of these problems with the trad wives is that they make it like, yeah, I stay home, you know, with my kids and I take care of the home. It's the least I could do for my husband who makes the income. What? Making an, like, please, my husband would never compare bringing in an income to raising children. And and it's not, because it's not important. It, it is important, but he can't do what I'm doing, which is incredibly significant. So there has to be that mutual respect there. And, um, you know, the new trad wives, okay, we are not subservient. We are not submissive. Um, and we want to focus on conscious parenting, I'd say. Would we call you a trad wife then? I guess so. But trad wife has also gotten such a bad name in the press, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, there's a spectrum here. Yeah. And and all of these voices, all of these opinions need to be heard. Or otherwise, how are we going to not just fix a broken system, but navigate the system? 
Exactly like you said, when I had kids, I didn't feel like I had a great mothering role model. I was an only child. My parents had a terrible marriage. Um, My mom was very financially dependent on my dad, and that totally bit her in the ass in the end. And I felt like I was flying blind. And I would, I, but, and I also did really want to check out of corporate hustle culture. I was, I was miserable working for media companies that were failing all the time and Mm. also that had no respect for me, had no maternity leave, had no respect for how mothers had to function in the world. And yet I did also want to support my family. I am sometimes the breadwinner in my family. Sometimes it is my husband. But at the end of the day, I think we all want the same things. We want our kids to be happy. And we're making the choice, not just happy, but that we want them to, <laughs> we want them to be healthy. We want them to stay alive. We want them to grow, right? Yeah. And we're all doing the same stuff. What I have to say is that with the trad wives that I was taking a look at on social media, it was the submission that got to me because I don't think anyone should be submissive to anyone. Like you said, I want there to be respect. I want there to be respect in a marriage where we treat each other as equals because we're each doing labor. Your labor just happens to be recognized by the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different. It's a different type of labor. Um, it's not it's not just and it's it's not just recognized too. It's glorified. And it's glorified. made me the the end all be all of like adult uh contributions. Could I write a dystopian novel mm-hmm. where motherhood is glorified the same way that CEOs are glorified in America? Like, if you're a really great mother, you are just like the pinnacle mm-hmm. of humanity. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be great? What is the one thing that you would like people to know about traditional motherhood that you think that people have misconceptions about and that you that you'd like to tell people who might look down on what you're doing yeah and this goes into the question you were asking me earlier about opting out of the systems um i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of expectations placed on us by many different places but being a traditional mother, as I would define it, is simply going to your biology. It's like, okay, what would make things most harmonious for me? You know, getting getting the circadian rhythm, whatever, um, making sure that your kids are getting outside enough, being able to be close to your kids, um, paying attention. Uh, it it's really comes down to like holding the space for your kids. And choosing to prioritize that, like bring back childhood, children should be children, moms should be given the space to parent their kids without outside pressures. And I know that's not always the case, but if you can make any little change and say, you know, fuck any cultural norm, fuck it, I'm going to do it my way. And I don't care who stares at me. I don't care who side eyes me. I don't care what my mom thinks, you know, any way that you can like get in tune with your intuition and and listen to yourself trust yourself to make the decisions for your kids because i'm a believer in the creator creator gave your kids to you to you you know what you are the expert 
And and sorry, but dads just don't have, they're just not, they're a little bit, they're a little bit under us when it comes to the expertness of our kids. But I also have friends that it's two dads and they're great. They're wonderful parents. So there is that question of what happens when you take a mom out of the equation. Totally. Is it just men or is it the fact that men have the mom present so then they don't have to do all of the things? We are going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll be talking about whether Bianca would want her two children to take on the same gender roles that she and her husband have taken on for themselves. I want to talk a little bit about Honey Love Shapewear. This is hands down my new favorite shapewear, one of my new favorite things, and I'm just going to tell you why really quickly. Well, all right, here's there's a lot of reasons. It's the easiest shapewear that I've ever put on and taken off. Usually that is not an easy thing. Usually it is like stuffing yourself into a sausage casing. With a lot of shapewear, I have to lay on the bed and then like pull it up and I make all these noises that sound really gross and sometimes people hear me on the baby monitor and that is very embarrassing. With Honey Love, it just slides up. It slides up. It slides off. It's like magic. It really is. But here's the thing that made me feel like it was Christmas morning. And I only realized this the second time that I wore Honey Love because I'm not usually paying attention. But I was wearing my Honey Love superpower shorts and there was a hole for me to pee. I just, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that on a podcast, but it is the most revolutionary thing that I have ever experienced in shapewear. I don't have to, I don't have to take them off to pee. This was huge. This was huge for me. I love Honey Love for a lot of reasons. I've been wearing their bra for a bunch of days now. Their bras are designed with back smoothing fabric to prevent bra bulge. Their v-neck bra has a super smooth fit under clothing. It's like the best t-shirt bra ever. And it looks really sexy. This is shapewear that actually looks sexy. And I like that because when I look at myself in the mirror, I want to be like, yeah, girl, you look good. Look good. You deserve shapewear that will make you feel confident and comfortable, that is easy to get on and off, and that will let you pee. So treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save up to 50% off site-wide at honeylove.com slash influence this month only. Inventory is limited and the sale does end soon. So don't miss their best deals of the year at honeylove.com slash influence. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show. Tell them we sent you. It is time to ditch the underwire for good. Thanks to Honey Love. You're going to love it. How many kids do you have and what gender are they? I have a daughter who's six and I have a son who is two. Oh, yeah. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a baby baby. Um, wow. There's so, it's, there's so many of them here. So for your, for your daughter, what do you want to teach her about her role in the world? Do you want to encourage her to be anything that she wants to be? Do you want to encourage her to be a more traditional mother and traditional wife? Man, for my daughter, I, so I, a little bit about me, I have um, my two parents and my mom is very, uh, she still works. She's in her fifties and she's like hardcore with the, in the workforce going for, you know, whatever. 
Then my mother-in-law, my in-laws are um, from a Pakistani village. So she has been a stay-at-home mom. Tra- she's an OG trad wife, like her entire life. For my daughter, I, I, I really try to set the example of all of our worth is the same, right? We're all valuable the same, but we're all different. And it's not just male, female, black, white. We all have different personalities. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different things that we were like gifts that we were imbued with, right? Some people are good at other things, whatever. I want her to listen to herself. I want her to turn inward and be able to hear that voice. It's part of why I parent the way that I do. I have a high tolerance and what my dad would say, I tolerate a lot of disrespect, right? Because I just let her be who she is. And, and I want her to listen to herself. I want her to trust herself and follow her instincts. But I also want her to see how I do things versus her grandmothers. Because both of them work themselves to the bone in different ways. And I fucking refuse. I refuse. I will prioritize relationships and I'll figure out the rest like when I need to cross that bridge. I think that's that's what I would want to leave my daughter with is that your relationship, you know, is the priority beyond um, beyond anything else. I would love for there to be much more balance and a middle ground for all of us, but especially for women. No, I don't want to lean in anymore. I think that that really screwed a lot of us over in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I also don't want to lean out. I don't want to check out. I like the world. I like creating content. I like making podcasts and writing books. And uh, and you should be able to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there has to be a middle. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> you know what we discovered? We, we discovered we're both right. We're both right. <laughs> and like normal people can have normal conversations that's great normal people can have normal conversations exactly exactly bianca and i agree on a lot we disagree on a lot too but that is okay many different things can be true i was contacted by a lot more stay-at-home mothers who told me that they often feel demonized by social media which is insane to me because I feel demonized as a mom who works out of the home. Mind-blowing. It is so clear to me that the social media algorithms are messing with all of us. They're messing with all of us, and they're pitting all of us against each other. In the next part of this episode, I'll be talking to two women. One of them is Andrea Haskins. She is a former school teacher turned full-time mom and breastfeeding counselor, and she's the co-founder of something called the Radical Moms Union which is a group of like-minded women who want to fight against current systemic problems, mostly all of the bullshittery around motherhood. We'll also be talking to another member of the Radical Moms Union named Nikki French. She is a proud stay-at-home mother of three, and she considers herself to be the trattiest member of the Radical Moms Union. What we'll really be getting into is the deep divide that this tradwife conversation is creating between mothers who work outside of the home and mothers who work inside the home. We kind of are vibing with these trad whites and I was kind of relating to what some of they some of the stuff I saw them saying, but a lot of the think pieces on them were very negative. Trad wives, we love them. Well, talk to me about that. So talk to me about why you were vibing with the trad wives. What was it 
about them that you were going, yeah, totally, me too. Well, in terms of, I guess, shared values, like I said, we're all about keeping the mother-baby together and following biological norms in terms of mothering and parenting. And like they were, they were also on that side. And I also just thought some of the trad wife people who are doing this for content, I just found it very clever. Like, look, they're monetizing, not making money. Isn't that awesome? There's so many things, people monetizing all sorts of stupid stuff. Like, just let them be, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, I do think, I will, t- I will tell you, I think that trad wives are ridiculously clicky. Uh, I, I keep getting interviewed about trad wives and by mainstream publications. And I think they've realized that people love clicking on this. There seems to be really strong opinions on either side. And we live in this world where people just love to have strong opinions about things and they don't like to be in a kind of middle ground. My problem is like everyone who's posting or saying anything that's sort of like in the realm of maybe men and women aren't supposed to be equal all the time or maybe I like motherhood and I like being with my kids and I, you know, I actually like my husband, you know, anyone who says any of that stuff is like lumped in with these other kooks that are just like, you know, cartoon characters, you know, so there is a spectrum and I don't like how anyone saying that they are fulfilled by motherhood is kind of like lumped in to them. Right, right. But here's the thing. I like my husband most of the time. I love my kids and I love motherhood way more than I thought that I would. I genuinely enjoy spending time with my kids. And so I think two things can be true. And the Internet does make it very binary. It's either you are a hardcore feminist who only sees your kids for half an hour a day and you work, work, work all the time. Or you stay at home and you submit to your husband and you... Do not do anything else but raise your children and clean the house. And there are two kinds of women. But in fact, there are as many kinds of women as there are kinds of men. Time for a quick break. We will be right back. Do you think the Internet seems to have a problem with stay-at-home moms? It's twofold. One is that, you know, social media algorithms push things that are going to upset you a little bit more than things that would make you happy. But I also know that I see a lot of content around moms who are excited that their kids are going back to school because they've been miserable at home with their kids all summer. And, you know, framing stay at home moms as people who, you know, women who don't have a life. Otherwise, they never leave the house. They're miserable. They are there because they're being forced to be there. They don't have a life. They don't, yeah, they don't, they're not happy. Um, And then I see, yeah, I see a lot of content around women who are, you know, they say that their mental health would suffer if they didn't have a job. And then, you know, it has 30,000 likes and all the comments are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I could never just be at home with my kids. That sounds horrible. 
and you know i'm sure that there's plenty of content from the other way where where women are saying that they feel very fulfilled by it i just think that it's pushed more heavily that if you were to be like oh my gosh i love staying home with my kids you would sound crazier than someone who said oh i love being employed and i love you know having that outlet i think that is so funny because I get pushed all of the content of I love staying home with my kids. I love taking care of my house. And then I feel all of the guilt and shame as a mother who works outside of the home and has childcare for the majority of the day. So are we being pushed the things that will push our buttons? Are our buttons being pushed and we think we're seeing more? People see shame where there is no shame. Like nobody could nobody could make a reel about oh you must be so miserable that your life is grocery shopping and playgrounds and i'm like oh my gosh maybe it is like i i don't feel threatened by that i'm not ashamed you know that i don't work outside the home but i also think that that the content is very polarizing and very sort of binary you're in this camp or that camp and it's designed in a lot of ways to pit us against each other that that there's working moms and not working moms and there's happy moms and unhappy moms and i just i reject that premise or that narrative i also wanted to bring it kind of back to why i said we kind of liked the trad moms and i related to it is because they are prioritizing children and family and that's not to say like you shouldn't have a career i actually was listening to an interesting podcast and the woman was talking about women in, women kind of having phases of their life and putting motherhood first um, at the beginning of your child's life. So I also think as a society, we need to kind of reimagine what it might be like to have a career and be a mother because obviously we can't do it all like we've found that out you know we're like it's great that everyone has choices but like we said in the article the choices suck everyone is burnt out everyone is tired there's no support and that's why the trad wife life seems so attractive so we are you know proponents of anyone choosing to be with their family and put family first and put their children first, you know, especially in the formative years and being creative about um, how you are going to repattern your career. And not everyone has to just follow this one path. Growing up as millennials, there was one path. You go to college, you get a job, you wait three years, you have a kid, you have another kid. You know, it was very straightforward for me at least so just as women we need to understand that like our babies our children need us in those formative years and kind of rethink I guess the trajectory of a career because right now like the standard American motherhood experience is burning everyone out I think that's true but I also think that that point of view then makes moms who choose to keep working during those years feel a lot of shame um because i think that our kids need us i don't think mine need me all the time i have a great caregiver my mom is here my two two of them are in school already my four and six year old and so 
I don't want to be home all the time. In my eyes, it's just like a short time. I mean, depending on how many kids you have, I guess. (laughs) I only have two. But, I mean, they're already both. One is in school and one is about to go in school. So that was just like a short time that I could give up, I guess, my career, which I didn't really like the career I was in before. I used to be a teacher. So I don't really feel like I'm giving up. I'd rather vacuum floors and clean toilets at home than be a teacher any day. Wow. um, Like, I just feel like it's such a short time. And I, and like, if you feel shame for that, like if you're confident in working, like you said, you love to work, like you're confident in working, then don't feel shame for that. I don't think. I think, you know, if you're confident in your choices, you shouldn't feel shame. But for me, it was just like a short period of time. I don't, I don't stay at home. You know, I'm not otherwise unemployed because I personally love vacuuming and cleaning toilets. I do those things because that's taking care of my family. Um, And that, you know, there isn't any other work in the world that's going to be as meaningful or fulfilling or, you know, any other form of employment isn't really, it's, it's just doesn't hold the same weight as creating and nourishing and sustaining and forming human beings like that. That's just bigger than anything else in the world. So when it comes to the submission aspect, would you say that you guys submit to your husbands that they're in charge? The Latin roots of the word submission is to support the mission. And so and and the mission of our marriage is our family. I liked how you talked about how a lot of these trad wife accounts are kind of like the magazines of our generation. Um, you know, they are. They are performative. They're like pro wrestling. We know it's fake, but it's nice. It's nice to look at and imagine a world where, you know, I could just be taken care of by a man and frolic in my linen dress in the garden and you know, nurse my baby in a field, you know, it's, it's nice to look at. Um, we know that there's obviously some things behind the scenes that might not be included and no one's life on Instagram is a reality, but we don't think it's like dangerous content for anyone to be seeing. Like, I think there's much more, I guess, worse things online that I'd want my daughter seeing than that, for sure. There like, are. I, I turned on TikTok and I saw yeah. a massive vagina getting bikini waxed the other day. Yeah. That's... I didn't need to see it. I just didn't need to see it up close. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, TikTok mm-hmm. is wild. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> we do know that some of these tropes are just, I guess, like we said, content. But I think. Like, it is kind of genius of them to be monetizing, not making money. And I also feel some of them do kind of know what they're doing. um, 100%. In terms of stoking stoking the internet flames. Who wouldn't want to be a trad wife? (laughs) Who wouldn't want to be, like I said, in the field frolicking 
taking care of your children. I, I spend a lot of time in the woods. Running around in the field barefoot, she actually <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, ticks. Ticks. Okay. Uh, but would I like to lay on a beanbag chair and maybe read all day? Yes. And have my adorable chubby baby crawling all over me when they're not all throwing tantrums? Yes. Um, but I do think they idealize. I, I, th- I think it looks a lot very idealized is, is my biggest issue taking out the parts of motherhood that are hard. But I also agree with you that the other side of the spectrum has made motherhood seem terrible and like the worst thing you could ever do, which is why there's so many millennial women saying, I don't want to have a baby. That looks like you've made it seem like it sucks. So that's why it was just kind of refreshing for me, I guess, to see the type of content that's like be, you know, telling moms the good parts of motherhood and the good parts of marriage. But like I said, we don't always, I guess, have to be one or the other. But I guess the Radical Moms Union, like, if it came down to, like, who we want to back, I guess it'd be the trad wives. And that's all we've got for today. I learned a lot. So much. So much about how these social media companies are pitting women against each other and how that does not have to be the case. We can learn a lot from each other. We can learn a lot if we don't just fight back and forth in the comments section. If we listen to each other. If we realize that so many of us are facing many of the same problems. We are. The system is broken. Social media is broken. And the way that we treat mothers in this world is broken. I think we can all agree on that. Go forth. Have a good week. Take some time for yourself. Do what you need to do to be happy. Because that's different for all of us. It's different for all of us, and it changes every damn day. Sending you all of the love. Under the Influence is produced by me, Joe Piazza, written by me, and hosted by me. I do all of the things. I am a one-woman show. I am a goddamn wizard. As always, You can get more things, bonus content, transcripts at Over the Influence, my substack. And if you love this show, please leave us a review and share it with your friends because it actually does help a lot. It really does. And I'm going to do it again. Please pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance because it's the best damn thing I've ever written. All right. Bye, guys. Mwah.